This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24. This is, this is Jesus speaking, Jesus' words. And uh, he says this. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, talking about Jesus, and does them, well, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, well, that person will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And, and by the way, great was that fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching and he, for he had taught them as one having authority and not as, as the scribes who were haters. It's an amazing portion of scripture where Jesus is talking about the difference between someone that has built their, their life on sand versus someone that has built their life on, on rock. Really the difference is the man that executes or applies what God says versus one that hears and does not do what God says. I want to preach a message and uh, we're entering into a whole new series called Your Word. And by the way, Zoe Church is built on His Word and I hope that you're building your life on His Word. And I want to preach a message, the first installment of this series today. You can write down the title. It's called The Problem with Sand. The Problem with Sand. And uh, I'm going to pray one more time and I'm going to believe that God will speak to us today. If you're married, uh, grab your spouse's hand. Let's be in unity today. If you're single, like the young lady that received the book, just grab your own hand in faith that one day. <laughs> I just need somebody to love. Uh, anyway, um, let's pray. Father, thank you for our church. Thank you for uh, Bancroft Middle School where we can gather freely in this country and be strengthened by your word. We say that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Encourage us today. Strengthen us. Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus in your word. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do something unique and profound that only you can do. We're believing for it this morning. And God, we're also thanking you as a community that you have truly heard our prayers for the Los Angeles Lakers. God, we saw them beat the Warriors this last week and we liken it to David taking down Goliath and so we thank you as a church touch the Rams today let them beat the Carolina crying baby Panthers and we thank you for it in Jesus name and we all said together come on Zoe church if you got faith come on Laker fans we're taking them out in Jesus name we're taking them out anybody by show of hands you love the beach, where the beach lovers at, people that love to go to the beach. Man, I love to go to the beach. I love the beach, and I love this, the summer. We can go to the beach. This last summer, I had kind of a hectic uh, month, was doing a lot of things, and I had this one free day, this in particular free day. I was on mission that I was going to take my family and my little munchkins to the beach. I could not wait. So we scheduled this day. We knew exactly what we are going to do. We are going we to get up in the morning. We are going to try to Zuma Beach out in Malibuya, and we're going to be out there together, have the time of our lives. You ever wake up? 
up and you're going to the beach and it's that one odd day that it happens to be cloudy and not good weather on the day you want to go to the beach. This ever happened to you? Tell the truth or shame the devil. So, so we get the family and I'm, I'm on mission. I'm like, I don't care. So we, we load up in the car. We go out to Zuma Beach and it's like so cold, but I'm running around with my kids. And we're having fun in the sand and, and we, we didn't get to like get in the water. And so, so, but we were out there in the sand having a good time. And then later on in the day, you know, the sun, it finally came out. So we went to the beach two times in one day. So we went to the beach again. And this time we're able to get in the water. My kids are now at the age where I can play in the sand with them, you know, where they want to build stuff and do stuff. I find that my three-year-old, really what he wants to do is he wants to dig a hole to bury me in the sand. And I'm like, this is temporary, right, son? But anyways, he wants to bury me in the sand. And we're building, you know, little sand castles. We got the shovel out there. We got all the, you know, the toys and everything. We're, we're having fun in the sand. Now, anybody that plays in the sand knows that whatever you build, as great as it is, as soon as that water comes close enough, as soon as that water water hits that sandcastle or whatever you've built, that that water is going to, well, it's going to take away all your hard work. It's going to vanish. It's going to destroy what you've, you've built so far. Jesus is talking about the dangers of building your life on sand. He's talking about the problem with sand. Sand is fleeting. Sand is temporary. Our God has a passion that you would build your life not on that which is temporary, but that which is eternal. In fact, Isaiah chapter 40 says it this way. The grass may wither and the flower may fade and the sandcastle may go away, but the word of the Lord will last forever. God wants you to build your life on truths principles and promises that will last forever. Come on, anybody here, you have a passion not to build your life on fads or trends or quotes from Instagram, but you want to build your life on the promises of God. Come on, if that's your prayer, why don't you applaud and thank God for his truth. Love what the Bible's saying. Jesus, he starts out this whole analogy with going, um, whoever, so we're all a candidate. Whoever, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, doesn't matter who you vote for Tuesday, whoever hears my words and applies them, whoever listens to what I have to say and does this. Let me give you a few things to write down today to encourage you in your faith journey. Write down the first one. Jesus is talking about hearing and he's talking about doing. He's talking about people that hear God, but they, they do what God says to do. They hear from heaven and then they apply from heaven. You know, you know, there's nothing more tragic than someone that hears what God says, but doesn't apply what God says. You hear what God wants you to do, but you don't do what God wants you to do. He's talking about those that hear from heaven and then they apply from heaven. Hearers and doers. By the way, the Bible says in James chapter one, verse 22. It's going to come on the plasma right now. But watch what the Bible says. It says, be not just hearers of the word, but be what? Doers of God's word. In other words, it does no good for you to have a bunch of information. God doesn't want you to come to church on Sunday, hear a message, you get information, and maybe you feel good about yourself, you get some inspiration. God wants information to drop down to your heart to become inspiration, but he wants it to land in your feet where it becomes application. It's got to go information, inspiration, application, where you don't just hear a lot about God, but you're doing the word of God. Come on, anybody, you want to apply what God has to say. Let me just encourage you, if you're a business owner, if you're a parent, if you're single and really ready to mingle, someone's like, oh, receive it. Um, 
Wherever you're at, you ought to hear what God has to say. Can I ask you a question today? Are you positioning yourself in a place where you can hear from God? You know, it drives my wife crazy because a lot of times she'll say something to me in another room and you'd think that I'd be able to hear a normal person, but I think I've been to church too much and Gamby plays the drums too loud. Every time I walk by, my I can't hear very well. And so, you know, the TV will be on or something and Julia will say something. And I say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And then she says it again. I'm, I come a little closer. I, I'm so sorry, I still can't hear you. And she's finally like, are you, are you deaf? We'll have to get right here. And, and, and I can finally hear. Are, can I ask you, are you positioning your life in a place where you can hear from God. You know, that's part of being in church. That's part of reading the Bible. That's part of getting a place where you can hear from God because most of us cannot apply what we do not know. So it starts with knowing. That's what Heart for the House taught me one thing. Are you kidding me? One year old and you gave $111,000. Hundreds of people participating. What it, what it taught me, Heart for the House, was that you heard what God had to say about giving and you applied what God had to say about giving. If you don't hear from God, you can't apply from God. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta hear what God has to say about how you, you, you steward the temple of the Lord, about how you steward forgiveness, about how you steward your time, about how you steward your your your, your energy and who you are. If you hear from God, you can apply from God, but it starts from hearing. Anybody, you want to be one that can hear from heaven and hear what God has to say for your life. It starts with being in church. It starts with listening to podcasts. It starts with reading the Bible. So Jesus says, whoever hears my word and does my word, I will liken that man to a wise man. So in other words, he's saying people that do what I have to say about finances, about stewardship, about life responsibility, about how you protect your home and raise up your kids and, and, and the way that you steward your marriage. People that hear what I have to say and do what I have to say, these people will be marked as wise people. Write down number two today. Goals. You want to talk about goals? I know we see that a lot today. You know, goals. Okay, goals. <laughs> goals is to be the wise man. Goals is to be wise. That's the goal. The goal is not how much can I obtain? How much can I acquire? How many followers can I attract? How successful can I be? No, the goal is wisdom. By the way, by definition, you want to know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So you got to get knowledge over here, but then you apply knowledge over here. It does you no good to know a lot, but you don't do a lot. It does you no good to know what God says, but you don't apply what God says. I remember when I moved down uh, the first time from Seattle, Los Angeles, I was 18 years old. And I remember uh, being in Bible college, a bunch of us, we'd go on Friday nights down to the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. And we'd go do a homeless outreach. 18 years old, moved down to Los Angeles, and we'd be going, you know, Friday nights to go, you know, help the homeless, pray with the hopeless. We would make a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because that's how you really go minister to somebody, PB and J. And so it's going to be in heaven. Somebody say amen. So, so we would go, we'd help all. You know what amazed me uh, talking and praying with homeless people? Now, this is not all homeless people and we're not here to judge anybody. But what amazed me and struck me was how many homeless people knew the word of God. I mean, knew the word of God. They could quote scriptures. They knew everything the Bible says. I mean, they, they were better than most preachers. It does you no good to know a lot, but not apply a lot. Wisdom is taking what you know and applying it to your everyday life. Listen, if it inspires you on Sunday, you should live it out on Monday. It's not about what you hear on Sunday. It's about what you do on Monday. Wisdom is the person that says, I've heard what God said, and I'm applying what God said. God called me to forgive. I'm going to forgive. God called me to be generous. 
I'm going to be generous. God called me to love my enemy. Even though I got a lot of enemies, I'm going to love my enemy. Top five, top five, top five. That's how we're going to roll. Because I want to be marked as the wise man, not as the fool. I want to be marked with wisdom. The fool does nothing about what God says. The fool does nothing about the word of the Lord. The wise man says, I'm going to apply what God has to say. You know, sometimes just because you've walked in wisdom in one area of your life, it doesn't mean it equals to the other area of your life. There's this one man in the Bible. His name is Solomon. Solomon gave us three books of the Bible. He gave us the book of Proverbs, which is like a whole book of tweets. You can just tweet the whole thing. Like if you want to make yourself look mad smart, just take the book of Proverbs, act like it was you and just tweet it out. You retweets for days. And so, so he gave us Proverbs, Tweet Central. He gave us Ecclesiastes, a bit of a downer. And then he gave us Song of Solomon, which is like, if you're single, don't read it. If you're married, it's like, whoa, that's what God wants me to do. Awesome. So, <laughs> awesome. That's actually awesome. Then let's apply it soon. Um, apply the knowledge. Chad, enough. But um, now so, the Bible says of Solomon, Solomon, watch this. The Solomon it says he was more wise of anybody in all of the land. This guy, people would come from all over the world. In fact, this one time, this lady came, they, she was from Sheba. They called her the queen of Sheba. She comes and she wants to listen to the wisdom that would just ooze out of this guy, Solomon. Now the Bible says when she comes, she sees all of his wealth, that his wisdom, because when you're wise, probably one of the things that will be attached to you is you've stewarded your finances well. So he's got this wealth. He's got all kinds of servants. He's, just, he's, he's the man. He's the wisest man on the face of the earth. Now, the Bible says of, uh, of Solomon, think of this. He's the wisest man, tweet central, writes books. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that he in his life, as he's at his pinnacle of wisdom, that God had spoken to him and said, Solomon, do not mess with these women. Do not even go close to these women. Now, Solomon, all of his wisdom, he defies what God said and he falls in love with the women. So even though he once was wise, now in this area of his life, he's foolish. Can I ask you today, what areas of your life are you wise in and what areas of your life are you foolish in? Because you got to take those areas and say, if I'm wise here, that does not equate to being wise here. I've got to become wise in all the areas of my life. Anybody want to be marked as the wise man, lest we be marked as the foolish. So he says, whoever hears my words and applies them, I will liken him to the wise man who built his life, God, I can't wait to preach this, on the rock, who built his life on the rock, who built not on the sandcastle, but built on the rock, the rock, which is the word of God, which is God's truth. Built right down number three. You are, we are building our whole life, our whole foundation. We are building it on your word, on God's truth. I'm not looking for politics to tell me what to build on. I'm not looking for trends or fads to tell me what to build on. I'm not looking at Drake lyrics to build my life by. I'm looking at what the Bible says. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for, don't make me preach. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. I'm building my life on the rock, which is the living, breathing word of God. What's what the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Somebody say amen. Watch what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. If the verse came up, that'd be awesome. Uh, that's fine. I'll grab my holy anointed iPad and I'll... Did it come up? 
It's just too slow. So let's do this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Watch what else it's profitable for. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can I translate that verse for you? What the Bible is saying is that God's word will show you what to do, what not to do, and what to do when you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing. God's word will show you what to do. It will show you what not to do. And it will show you what to do when you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing. Watch the next verse, Joshua chapter one, verse eight. It says in Joshua one, verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it both day and night that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Anybody here? By show of hands, you want to be prosperous and you want to have success in your life. The Bible's saying if you read the Bible and study the Bible and meditate on the Bible, you will be prosperous and you will have good success. Watch Hebrews chapter four, verse number 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. This book is not a dead book, it's an alive book. You know that the Bible is the only book in the history of the world where the author himself comes to teach you what it's saying in the Bible. There's no other book in the whole world where the author will come and teach you, but the Bible, Jesus will come and teach you what it's saying. For the word of the Lord is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Other translations say right there, it exposes who we really are. You wanna know who you really are? Start to read the Bible and the Bible will show you who you really are. It will begin to expose you and say, God will begin to point out, let's deal with this issue. Let's talk about this thing. Let's, let's, let's bring this to life. God will begin to speak to you about the things in your life. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a man that builds my life on the sand or my kids on the sand or my marriage on the sand, this church on the sand. I want to build my life and our church and my marriage and our children raised up on the Bible and the rock of God. Nope, that's fine. You don't have to applaud. Come on, applaud if you, if you agree and you want to build your life on the foundation of God's Word. Now, one of the things that's so important that we understand when we come to the Bible is we don't read the Bible just so we get puffed up with knowledge. Because the Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love will edify. So we're not reading the Bible so we get real smart and we walk around and go like, Oh, I know so many scriptures. You should be intimidated by my biblical prowess. I know so much about the Bible. We do not read the Bible just for knowledge, but we read the Bible because it points us to Jesus. In fact, Jesus had major beef with church people back in the day. And he went to these church people and he goes, guys, your problem is when you come to the Bible, you think that all your Bible reading, it will lead to everlasting life. In other words, you think that because you study this so much and read it so much, it will save you. He said, you're wrong. He said, all of this thing right here, it actually doesn't point to everlasting life. It points to me. That when we read the Bible, it's the greatest way to get to know Jesus. Like in other words, if you're here, you say, man, I really want to know Jesus. Read the Bible. If you really want to know what he has to say, really want to know what, what his teachings are, you really want to know his heart, 
You really wanna know what he was about when he was here on earth. Read the Bible. The Bible is the greatest way to get to know Jesus. Let me say it this way. If I wanted to get to know you, you know, just kind of do some research, like Instagram stock you. Um, and I got on your Facebook. If I got on your Facebook, for example, if I got on your Facebook, it would tell me so much of who you are. I look at all your photos if I, if I was doing some research on you, if I wanna know who you are. And by the way, a photo, what do they say about a picture? A picture paints a thousand words. So I look at your photos, then I go through all your bio stuff. I would find out when you were born, where you're from. But then I start looking at like, what music do you like? What books have you read? What movies are you into? What TV shows do you watch on Netflix? I would get, if, I would get to know you by reading about you. The way that you get to know Jesus is by reading about Jesus. The way you get to know his heart is by opening up the Bible and exposing your life to what he has to say. Anybody here at Zoe, you want to get to know Jesus and you're willing to open up the Bible. That's how you get to know Jesus. And then all of a sudden, when you get to know him, you're like, I'm building my life on this truth, on this principle, on this promise, on what Jesus said about this, this subject, this thing right here. I'm building it. I'm not just going to know a lot. I'm going to apply a lot. And by applying a lot, I'm raising up a, a reservoir. I'm building up the equity. I'm laying a foundation for my future. Because watch what Jesus said. He said, the man that builds on the rock, when the rain pours and the wind gusts and the storm drops. He said, this man will not fall because he's built on the rock. The wind can howl as loud as it wants. The rain can fall as long as it wants to rain. But this guy's not going to fall because it's built on the rock. Write down the next one today. Number four, rainfall doesn't mean that I fall. Just because the rain fell doesn't mean that I have to fall. Some of you are standing when you shouldn't be standing. Some of you are smiling and you should not be smiling. Some of you have had sickness and death and bankruptcy and all kinds of tragedy happen, but you're still standing today. You ought to give it up for every person that nobody thought they'd still be in church. Nobody thought they'd still be smiling. But when the rain came and the wind came, come on, give God some praise today. I'm still standing on the rock. Listen, when the rain falls, you better have a foundation. You, you can't build a foundation in the midst of Katrina. When the hurricane happens and Hurricane Matthew's on your front door, hopefully we've laid a foundation. I'll tell you when Georgia, and a lot of you know our story and I handed out that book today, when that happened, I wasn't building a foundation, I had a foundation. I wasn't wondering what to do, I had something under me. I knew to stand in faith. I knew to praise the Lord. I knew to pray my head off. I knew to worship God. I knew who Jesus was. I stood on the word of God. I said, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I've never seen the righteous forsake. I said, he, he who abides under the shadow of the Almighty will rest under the shadow of his wing. I started to get comfort and I started to just quote scriptures over my own life. I said, if he did it for Abraham and he did it for Moses and if he did it for Jacob and he did it for Joseph and if he did it all the way back then, I know he'll do it right now. I had a foundation when the storm came. Y'all give God praise today if you got a foundation to stand on. You don't got a foundation. If you don't got a foundation, when that thing comes, you're going to wish you did. That's why we have a savings account. You have a savings account. You put money in the savings account because a rainy day could happen on any day. 
You never know when the rain will come. What's Jesus warning about? Jesus is talking about life circumstance. He's talking about you never know what's around the corner. You never know one day. I remember years ago, there was this one artist, one of my favorite artists, Matt Carney. He had this song. I, I still remember his lyrics. He said, all of us, we are one phone call away from our knees. Ain't that the truth? One phone call. And I pray to God that that phone call, when it comes, you're standing on the rock. And does it hurt? Oh, it hurts like hell. And that's why I love that Hillsong United song. Even when it hurts like hell, I'm going to praise you, God. Does it hurt? Yes, it hurts, but I'm standing on the rock. I'm staying, I'm a, I've been building my rock. I've been building my foundation. I'm the, 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 listen, some of you today, I applaud you and I praise God because everybody counted you out, but you still stood and you still, and, and it got loud and it got chaotic and, and the wind was blowing sideways and you, everybody counted you out, but you're still standing. Come on, praise God. I'm still standing. Even when the devil tried to take me out, even when the enemy tried to take me out. Come on, somebody give God a little bit of praise today. If you're grateful for the rock, the Bible says the stone which the builders have rejected, Jesus, has become for us the chief cornerstone. I'm building my life on Jesus, what he says, who he is, what he's done for me. It, I, no trend, no politician, no political election, nothing can sway me from what my, I'm built on something strong. And notice what he said. He said, that man, you know, as, when the rain rolls in and the wind rolls in and everything, and it feels like all hell's breaking loose, he said, that man, he'll stay standing. You might, you might have feeble knees and, and weak arms and you might look windblown, but I'm standing. I'm still in church. I'm still married, bless God. I'm, I'm still happy. I'm still rooting for the Rams. Doesn't matter how much we lose. I'm still standing. He said, because that man's built on the rock. Now watch what he, he ends and he actually goes back to sand. And he says, now, the man that, that built his house on the rock, when the wind and the chaos and all that happened, he's still standing. He said, but, and, and this is where he gets a little bit, not a, I would not, maybe not aggressive, but he gets very demonstrative almost in his language. Watch what he says. He says, now, the man that built his house on the sand, when, when the wind comes and the rain comes, it, it falls. And, and then for emphasis sake, he says this, and how great is that fall? Like in other words, you know people, they're married and they get divorced and the whole thing goes to shambles. The business goes to shambles. The, 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 the destruction and the life's in the wake of this thing. How great, he says, how great is that fall? Like it, it, we see this all the time in entertainment. We see it in the news. We see it even people that we know, family members, how, and they fell so great, didn't they? And we thought they were one thing, but they're really another. And what gets exposed is that they were building on sand and they weren't building on rock. They were building something that looked good on the outside. It looked good to everybody else, but underneath the foundation of that thing could not stand a storm. Could handle the success, but could not handle a storm. Jesus is not talking about the success of life. He's talking about the failure of life. He says, how great was that fall? The rain fell and so did it fall. But watch the spirit of the gospel. Jesus is not saying, how great is that fall to go like, oh, I mean, guys, this is not Jesus. He's not looking at his eyes. I mean, come on. How awful are these guys, huh? They fell. Jeez. Got a divorce. How dare they? They had this affair. They had this 
oh, they cheat on their taxes. How great is that fall? Jesus is not like this, this you know, Mortal Kombat, finish him. Like, that's not Jesus. It's so bizarre. Like, we think Jesus is like, that's what you get. You fell. You didn't build your life on the church. Should have been in church more. Should have read the Bible more. That's not Jesus. Because the Bible says in Proverbs, though a righteous man falls seven times, he still rises by the hand of God. God will pick him back up. Come on, anybody thankful today that even if you didn't build it right the first time, come on, with Jesus, you can get it right the second time. Come on, Zoe, you got to give God a little bit more praise than that because God will God'll pick you up so you can build it right again. Worship team, I want to invite you, and I want to end with this. You know, uh, I remember a couple years ago, uh, sorry, a few years ago now, Julie and I, we, we used to drive by in the, in, in, when we were in the Seattle area. We would drive by this one house all the time. We had some friends that lived by this house, and this one house that we would drive by, it, I mean, it was a beautiful home. Like, you know, you ever see a driveway where it was like, is that the unique, like, special, uh, like, uh, almost like, a, I don't know what kind of cement it would they use, but it's like a beautiful driveway. Like, do they make beautiful driveways? At this house, they did, okay? So it's like beautiful driveway and beautiful home. I mean, the home was just, just unbelievable and two stories and the backyard was amazing and just the whole thing. I'm telling you, like, one of those beautiful homes and be, 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 because I, I married someone that's into real estate and Julia like loves real estate we would drive by and, and she would say you know let's look at the price and, and we would look at the price I think one time we even walked through this house and, and we looked at the beautiful backyard and everything and, and the reason why this house was so inexpensive and you could get it for such a steal of a deal was when you drove by the house as great as the house was for some reason, something happened where it was actually tilted and slanted because the foundation of the house had been ruined. So you get this house for a steal of a deal because sure, you could have the kitchen and the living room and the dining room and all the bedrooms, but if you bought this house, what came with it was you'd have to pay to build a new foundation. You'd actually have to spend all the money, whatever that would cost, to take this house and go deep underneath this home and lay and build a right foundation. You know, we, we, would, we would end up, you know, just passing on the thing because it's like, who in their right mind would want to spend all the money to build a new foundation? What a waste of time. What a waste of money. And we just kept driving by this house. You know, some of you today, you might be thinking about yourself of going like, I, I don't know if I could like try this late in life to build a right foundation. Because I believe God in his, in his grace and his mercy, as hard as you think it is in your own strength, it will be even easier if you receive his strength. Because the Bible says what's impossible for man, it would be impossible for you to build a new foundation on your own. But it's possible if you get Jesus. We serve the type of God that can redeem what has been destroyed. We serve the God, type of God that says, that's why I love Baptism Sunday, last Sunday. And I want to thank our church for rounding around that tub and going crazy for people that got baptized and seeing people come out the water. And what they're saying is, maybe I built an old foundation on sand, but I'm coming out and I'm declaring I got a new foundation today. All the old has passed away. Come on, church. All the new has come in Christ. Come on, anybody believe today? I don't care what your foundation used to look like. Anybody saying at Zoe Church, I'm building a new foundation. The problem with sand is it didn't last. 
The problem with sand, it was a fleeting and it wouldn't help me, but I, I'll tell you the, the solution is rock. The solution is Jesus. The solution is your word. And I'm building my life on that which is eternal, not the temporary. Come on, if that's your prayer today, why don't you applaud and thank God for who he is. Come on, Zoe. Come on, stand to your feet. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.